hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Holy cow, listeners, it's 2021. Do you feel any different? Because I certainly do not. Hey, welcome. We've made it. I have no promises that 2021 is going to be any better than 2020, but uh, we can try, right? And if you are listening for the first time, welcome. This is a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the guest I have this week, Eddie, he writes a column for Health Central. He came on my radar because I read an article that he wrote about imposter syndrome. And I feel like his interview is a good one to catalyst 2021. We're going to be seeing a lot more self-help, a lot more people taking action towards their mental health, their physical health, whatever that might be per New Year's resolutions. I personally don't don't make resolutions. Uh, I just set intentions. So I always strive to be a good person. So I'm going to continue that into 2021. As always, if you want to buy me a pizza, please the, the please you know do so that link is right in the description as always and i'm trying to get you guys some merchandise this year as well as set a website up and all of that so it'll be a really exciting year for my podcast um and i'm also moving to hawaii so we'll see where this goes um thanks so much enjoy the interview with eddie and i hope everyone has a great rest of the week hey how's it going hey how's it going bianca it is going, uh, I don't even know. It gets dark so early now. I'm looking at my clock. It's 6 p.m. Pacific, and I feel like it should be 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that, that's really miserable. I, um, I actually took a COVID test today, and I was online as it was getting dark, and uh, it was a three-and-a-half-hour wait in the oh cold. Oh, my gosh. But um, I am negative, so, you know, that's... Well, uh, that's exciting. That's <laughs> Yay for negative, you know, negative results. And yeah, so to my listeners, this is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Eddie McNamara. So Eddie, do you want to give your 30,000 foot overview of who you are, uh, what you do, etc.? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit weird, I guess. Um, I am Eddie McNamara. I'm a writer slash chef, and I do a mental health column for healthcentral.com. And it's called Panic in the Streets. And uh, my focus is panic and anxiety. I'm a former 9-11 um, first responder. And I deal with uh, panic and anxiety on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I share what works with for me uh, with uh, my readers and what doesn't work with me. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, my listeners are an amazing group of people, all 10 of them, just kidding. Uh, there's more than that. But they, they, whenever they see something about imposter syndrome, whether it be a meme, an article, someone talking about it, they're like, you got to reach out to this person because they talked about it and they need to be on your podcast, which I'm like very appreciative of. But that's how your um, column about imposter syndrome came onto my radar. I loved it. And then I reached out to you and here we are. So I, I think, you know, when I'm thinking through talking to people about this, someone who's actually published something regarding it, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting because I feel like, you know, you live it every day, I live it every day. And so I'm, I'm excited to kind of get your perspective. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was, you know, I was thrilled when you, uh, you reached out because uh, I, I don't like, I, I guess I speak in a male space a lot of times. And, um, you know, with, um, with 
male readers, this wasn't something that, um, you know, readers were sort of suggesting to me. It's something that, um, you know, I did on my own because I thought it was important and uh, it, it happened to resonate a lot. But um, yeah, when, 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 you know, I didn't know, you know, how many people would, uh, would actually care. And then right away, like you were, you know, you would uh, reach out to me and then, you know, I'd listen to the podcast and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is sort of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like the, the, the way that this has evolved in the last eight months, it's, it's crazy to me that I started out with this podcast concept because I always wanted to start a podcast. I didn't know what I wanted it to be about. And then I got laid off from my job and it was my worst fear realized I didn't die. No one, you know, no one, no one got hurt except for, you know, me <laughs> like right. losing my job, but I'm, I'm okay. I didn't die. We're all good. And then it just came to me because I was thinking, I'm like, gosh, I can't be the only one that feels this way. Cause I know what imposter syndrome is and what it means. And it, I think it's just these two really scary words when really all it means is that you just feel like a fraud and you can't really accept your accomplishments. And it's just, it's, it's a human thing that just some of us tend to suffer from a lot more than others. Um, and so at first I was only interviewing women, right. women or queer identifying men or transgender um, people. And it was just like, I, I couldn't even get a straight man to actually say, oh, I feel this, or this is, this is, you know, something that I feel. And, and as it's evolved, I've had people reach out to me from all walks of life now, male, female, or, you know, non-binary, whatever it might be. And it's, it's interesting to kind of see how it, this, it's almost like in 2020 and through this pandemic and all this, you know, self-help and kind of bettering ourselves people are starting to really realize like what drives their anxiety and what drives their you know what their need to achieve and all of this and it's almost like then they find my podcast and they're like oh thank god i'm not alone so right. it's it's nice <laughs> it, it, it really is i mean that's like i think with um you know with with almost any mental health issue not just not just imposter syndrome but you know say uh, uh ptsd for example um, you know, people are, are, are suffering and, and thinking that they're the only person in the world who feels this way and has these thoughts. And then when they hear it come out of someone else's mouth, they're like, you know, they're completely blown away. And then they feel like this, like a uh, sense of, you know, ease about them, you know, that like that it, they're not the only one. And it's not, they're just, they're not just a strange weirdo. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's something that it's been really interesting, at least um, as I've grown up and as I've become an adult and as I've aged, is that mental health has been so much more um, normalized in a lot of ways. We're still not completely there yet, right. but you know, my husband being in the military, um, when he joined to where he's been in now 15 years, it's it's been crazy that it used to be you do not ask for help and now it is you absolutely can and it's not going to come against your career and it's okay and there's been a huge push towards men and and males and mental health as well because um the suicide rates of men are a lot higher because they don't societally we push them into a way that you cannot talk about your feelings that's not okay so it's almost like we're unraveling and really trying to say like this is okay because i know in my parents generation my mom doesn't my, my mom and my parents my, even my in-laws, they don't believe in, in therapy really. And they don't even call it therapy. They call it counseling or counselor. Right. And, and they, they don't understand the concept of just speaking to a neutral third party and understand, and then introspectively understanding your emotions. And it's, it's interesting how like 
people and, you know, my generation and, and in yours now too, it's like, they're starting, it's just starting to just be so much more normal to have a therapist and talk about it and just bring it up in day-to-day conversation. Yeah. I think that's, that's been like, I think that's um, maybe millennials and Gen Z are really cool with that. Uh, Gen X is sort of on the fence. It seems uh, I'm, um, I'm uh, the last year of Gen X. So uh it's, you know, I, I, I did experience, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I did experience mm-hmm. sort of the, uh, the group therapy session where you're in there with your boss. And I'm like, what are you going to say? You know, because you're, you're there with your boss. So you just like, you know, go home and drink and drink, you know, and just shut up about it. And don't, you know, don't, don't bother me with this. But, uh, you know, as I've seen over, you know, the past 20 years, um, people are much more open and much more accepting and much freer about it. And I think it's beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I like to say, I like to think that you have a big, you have a voice and a, and a lot to say, and, and, and you're going to be a big proponent for people who are looking to seek those answers and, and learn from experience. And, and, and so I think it's, it's really great. And I'm, I'm glad you have a column because I'm sure it's extremely helpful for people. I mean, I, I think it's great. I like the way you write. So thanks. I'm a, yeah, I'm yeah. blunt about it. I try to be like, not, you know, I, I try not to trick record. I try to be super blunt about it. And, you know, um, I think, you know, from emails I get from people, it resonates. And, um, you know, I guess I sound like their friend that just is talking about problems or whatever. Yeah. So we'll stop. We'll pop hop into the first question, of course, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? I mean, no, no. I mean, it, it, of course not. But I think we all kind of have it figured out to some degree like we we know the answer it's just we don't necessarily you know execute like um you know you know it's like we uh we have we i have mechanisms of dealing with things but like i know what i would need to do you know in in a certain situation like i know how i would be you know i should do things Right? I don't like to use the word should, but I'm going to use it here. I know how I, you know, I should approach a situation um, if it's if it's something that's going to bring me anxiety. Say a a, a, a podcast interview, you know. Say that. <laughs> I um, I should be prepared by reading my questions, by reading my article again, by doing that Tony Robbins thing of jumping up and down, by listening to you know um, previous episodes of the podcast and uh, preparing myself as, as best I can. <laughs> um, so I have, you know, I, I, I think I have some stuff figured out, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm still kind of like, you know, I, I, I joke to my friends all the time. Like I write, I write a call an advice column, but I'm still the before picture, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not in that, like, you know, like everybody wants to listen to like the hot person after picture and I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of the before picture, but I have yeah. some stuff figured yeah. out. I just don't necessarily do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's just life in general. Like we're all kind of just, you know, dabbing at the mess that is ourselves. Yeah. And and I think anyone who would answer that and say, yeah, I got it all figured out. It's like, okay, well, you're a boring person then because everyone's target changes year after year of what, of what they need to figure. I mean, I don't, God, if you told me a year ago that this would be where we're at, I wouldn't have believed you at all. I mean, it's, it's you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so in flux, like life is so in flux. And just, just my, yeah, my goals every year change. Like, I didn't think like, you know, you know, five years ago, you're gonna, oh, I'm gonna be writing a mental health column. And, you know, like, no way, I'd never in a million years would have thought I could be this honest, uh, 
you know, this sort of raw yeah. to uh, to a, an audience of whoever goes on the link. You know, it's crazy uh, to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this just definitely um, segues into imposter syndrome. So we'll just go into that. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Um, no, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever felt like I fit in. I don't think, um, there's ever been a time in my life. Uh, so I'm, um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, if you can't tell by the accent. Uh, and, um, it's, it's like the part of Brooklyn where like all the gangster movies are, are, are set. So it's like this, um, it's like provincial South Brooklyn. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was into like comics and, um, horror movies and you know um, you know heavy metal and punk rock and that just really wasn't what was happening where I was everybody was sort of like into this I don't even know what but just not that so I, I never felt like I fit in there um, you know I sort of you know I never felt like you know uh, I, I fit in in school and then after that like my you know my first real job out of school I'm a, I'm a police officer and that was there's no, I mean, I felt like the biggest phony ever. I felt like a kid dressed up uh, for Halloween as a cop, um, you know, and like, I'm supposed to like, you know, be an authority figure and have answers for people and like help solve their problems. And I just like, it, it never made any sense to me. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I feel, you know, and any, anything after that, you know, so then I retired, um, you know, uh, after 9-11, I, um, you know, I had left the police force. And I, I got into writing and I was, uh, you know, cook, I went to cooking school and I got into writing and I was, I felt like, oh, well, I'm not a real chef. I just do a blog and, you know, I have a cookbook deal and, you know, oh, they should have really given this to a real chef. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, I, I know, and I don't feel like a real writer and I've published a gazillion things and I'm like, oh, I'm not a real, you know, my wife's a real writer. I'm just somebody who happens to write, you know, cause I have, you know, nothing else going on. So yeah, I, 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 I don't think, I don't think there's been a time in my life when I didn't feel like an imposter. Absolutely. I, I hear, I feel like I hear a lot of myself and I, I, I just, when you were talking, um, the show Bojack Horseman and Vincent Adult Man, the character, it's like, yes. it's three, three children stacked inside of a trench coat. I did a business. I thought of that when you were like, I felt like a kid and, and like a, you know, cop's clothing, like, yeah, it's it's weird because you you go to at least for me like I graduated I went to college but I never learned anything that prepared me for the real world at all I got to be honest like I and then I got hit with this huge wave of depression after like graduating getting my first job and realizing like oh this is what I do until I die like you're yeah. just kind of like this this is this is all there is i did the i did the school i did the thing and now this is this is literally what i this is awful <laughs> i i hate this um and I mean, yeah absolutely i i i wanted to quit the first day i was a cop i was um directing traffic at the holland tunnel in new york uh new jersey leading into new york which is um nine lanes going into two. Oh my gosh and it was, and it was snowing and I'm like, I did this on purpose. Like I went to a six month academy, um, you know, ran six miles a day, did all this nonsense just so I could stand in the snow and direct. I mean, what the hell am I doing in my life? And, um, you know, and it didn't, and, you know, and that, that's not even just the imposter part, but that's like the, you know, it, things suck part, you know, it's like, I thought, yeah, I thought being an adult would be a lot more fun uh, in the beginning. 
and that was you know i was like i really have to do this i have to like corral all these cars and you know these angry people trying to get to work and trying to get home and you know just yeah i wasn't feeling it that's <laughs> <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah i mean my husband being in the military like he feels similarly he's like i don't know why i just kept getting promoted and then all of a sudden i got into the into ocs didn't think that was gonna happen he's like now i'm an officer don't know why <laughs> and, and he's like and i'm in charge of things like that's weird and so i think like you know it's it's i think it's common i want to say I, if people don't think that they have imposter syndrome or, or they don't know what it is or they don't feel it then they must be very egotistical because i think the common human emotion is to doubt yourself and to question uh, because at any point the other shoe could drop and, and, you know, like, you know, take the pandemic, for instance, like I had a job one day and I didn't have a job the next day. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's almost like it's, it's, I think if you don't question yourself to some degree, then, then you're not really, I don't know, it's just this overconfidence. And for me, like, I have always just, I never fit in. I was a huge nerd in high school, went to college and huge nerd in college, but joined a sorority, didn't fit in there. So I quit that. Um, and then I, I graduated and I, I worked in an advertising agency. That wasn't my jam. Went into marketing agencies. It was okay. Worked on, on the product side of marketing. That was fine. And then, uh, and then I, that was my most recent career. I was finally a marketing director. And I, and I, at that point, you know, I'd had eight, nine, almost 10 years of experience. And I had the answers. I knew the, I knew the right things to say and do and stuff, but yet even so I was questioning my ability and I'm like, when are they going to find <laughs> out that I, I like that? I like, you know, I, I admit that I don't know what I'm talking about or that, um, you know, there'd be like, we, Bianca, we figured it out. Like you shouldn't be here. Like completely doubting my experience, completely doubting that I, you know, worked and, and strived and sacrificed to get where I was. So it's, it's funny that even when you get where you need to go, you're still like, should I be here? Like, I think it's the sign of a good person. Yeah. I think all the people I like are sort of don't necessarily feel like they fit in. And the people who do, the people who are very confident and don't have any of this self-doubt, I wonder about them. And, um, and when dealing with them, I'm not necessarily uh, as impressed as, um, you know, I, I do know some people like that and they're very impressed with themselves. I'm not very impressed with them. So, um, you know, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I joke around sometimes. Um, this is kind of a funny story. My wife is a journalist and she was speaking at a, a journalism convention at um, the University of Missouri. And I, you know, I tagged along just for the weekend and the person going before her, she was she was doing something uh, with the editor in chief of Women's Health, and they did this amazing presentation. But the people before them were nominated for a Pulitzer, mm -hmm. and you know my wife was a little nervous. She's like, "Oh, you know, we're just doing a women's magazine, and you know, this isn't serious. And these guys are doing something, you know, very serious." And I said, "Well, you know, you guys have something in common. You know, neither one of you want a Pulitzer." So uh, they were just nominated. Those guys didn't win shit. So, you know, so you, you just go up there, be confident. And they slayed it. They were just, you know, uh, the women's health presentation was, you know, uh, the, you know um, the, the, the biggest attended online and in person of the weekend. And, you know, there was no reason to feel doubt there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Pulitzer guy was like, you know, 
I don't know, a little uh, full of himself um, and a little boring. But he liked my haircut. He liked my haircut, though. So, you know. <laughs> so, so like, I, you're like, five stars for that. Alone. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like I, I, I give him one star for the, the fact that he, he approached me and was like, where did you get your haircut? So I was like, okay, you know, he's not, he's not the worst guy in the world. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like, who are these people? Who are these people that are happy with themselves and, and, and think they can just go roll into something and, and, and pull it off? Like, you know, I just, I, I, I tried that. I tried faking it. I, um, uh, I was offered a, a column um, at, at Penthouse Magazine. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just ridiculous. But I was offered a, a dating column at Penthouse Magazine. And um, I have not been on a date since 1999. <laughs> uh, that was the last date I was on. So that's how much I know about modern dating. Well, you know, as of five years ago, but you know, it paid pretty well. And I, 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 I could be funny and I can, uh, you know, answer questions in, in a ridiculous manner. So I, uh, I sort of rolled with it. I was like, well, you know, the, if I don't get it and, and they get the calm to somebody else, you know, I don't know what, let me just do this. Let me just fake this. So I did it in character. Um, and the character was like the scoundrel and, uh, so the, yeah, that was my sort of coping mechanism for that. Like instead of feeling like I don't know anything about dating, I uh, I just you know I embraced this sort of ridiculous, um, egotistical jerk character, <laughs> and uh, which is totally not like the real me. And uh, you know went with it, and and uh, I was able to sort of put the imposterness aside because it was it was farcically imp- uh, it was it was it was like so over the top. I was such an over the top imposter. For that job that I just went with it and it actually worked out I think uh, you know they, they, they liked me they signed me up for a two-year contract which was you know that's that's really funny um yeah yeah it's, it's interesting that when you then when you're like I have no like I, I remember like and just because of my marketing background I remember there was times they give me a client and they'd be like can you do this and I'd say no and they're like not the right answer the answer is yes and so then I'm like great let me like figure out how to do this now and and then you know as soon as I'm like bless you <laughs> Sorry, I was in the background. No, it's okay. <laughs> but as, as sometimes, well, I have a, I'm a low budget production here. So my puppy, Bourdain, uh, he will find squeaky toys or um, he's looked at me and he's dead in the eyes before and peed on my wall <laughs> while I've been recording. And he just finds the, he's actually asleep right now, which is impressive to me. Because normally he's going crazy being like, how loud can I be till mom pays attention to me? Um, so I'm, I'm okay with background noise. As I always say, I'm low. Okay, Don't there's going to be it. sirens. There's going to be sirens. <laughs> there's going to be. Yeah you're, you're, yeah. yeah. you're in Brooklyn, aren't you? So yeah. Yeah. I'm in Manhattan. Oh, right and you're in Manhattan. Okay. Right near Bellevue hospital. So it's like, it's actually like mayhem in the streets, you know? Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, you're going to hear sirens. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe I'm... screaming people. Uh, so yeah. 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 So it's so yeah, I think, I think, I think faking it, faking it till you make it. There is some, there's some truth to that. I, I, I do believe, you know, and to go back to like your wife, you know, being nervous because the Pulitzer prize or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's been times where someone was put on a pedestal for me and it was this comparison analysis. Uh, and then, and then it, it like, whatever I was nervous about ends up going just fine. And I crushed it. And I'm like, why was I afraid? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think it's like, you know, we sort of look to um, a certain um, legitimacy, like we have to, um, like, I had a difficult time calling myself a chef, because I never led a restaurant brigade. You know, I'd worked under chefs, and I had worked as a, 
Private Chef and I did recipes for InStyle magazine and, um, you know, uh, HGTV. I developed the recipes and I, I worked with a lot of chefs, but I wasn't necessarily one myself. So, you know, when it, when it came time to sort of get a cookbook going and, um, you know, my cookbook going, you know, I'm, I'm now a chef and I don't feel like a chef, but, you know, I, I wrote it as if I was and I, I slayed it, you know, and um, I, can, I can, you know, I can look back on it now and be really psyched about it. But there, were, there was like, I wanted to call myself a cook because I was like, I'm not a chef, I'm a cook. And, you know, nobody wanted to hear that. Like that's not, you know, don't know. There's, I guess, you know, um, you're the one with the marketing background. So I think that might, you know, like, uh, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a recipe developer slash home cook. And it would just like, no, you're a chef, be quiet. You know, just, just listen, go ahead with that. So, you know, it took, you know, it's just, I think like I need, I, I felt like I needed to earn that title, but then like, you know, what does it, what does it even mean? You know, I mean, it, every, everybody's a chef now. So uh, I guess I, I, I didn't. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's a podcaster now. Gosh, this pandemic. Cause I had no idea what I was doing when I started this at all. I produced a podcast for my previous company um, when I was working at, so I knew how to do it, but I was like, also kind of deer in headlights, like, Oh shoot. What if no one listens, blah, blah, blah. And it used to be that I felt like I was begging people to be on my podcast. My friends were like, please, we don't want to be. And I'm like, please all of like, I was interviewing like anyone who would come on. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't even have to field requests, which is, which is a place of privilege. Let me say that. And I'm, I'm methodical about how I do my interviews now, but gosh, I mean, I remember just being so scared and and nervous and, and and weirded out to say like I'm a podcaster like I tell people now I like I, I I host a podcast and then they want to hear about it and then they go look at it and they're like wow that's actually pretty impressive you know thinking it's going to be some like bedroom production when I and I joke we're I'm low budget but for I have a microphone I have headphones in like no, it's you, know, <laughs> you know you I mean, know <laughs> but I'm what? like it's weird because now I'm like I I just I don't even say like I'm a marketer anymore because I, I don't even know if I'm going to go back in the workforce and do that. But I do know that this is my, this is what I like doing, but I don't right. know if it'll ever pay. So it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause I listened uh, to a, to an earlier podcast or a few even, and I was like, Oh, wow. This sounds really pro. This is so like, this, this interview is flowing so well. Like the dude you had on was giving like, pertinent advice and you were like just flowing with it and I was like oh man I don't know if I'm ever gonna you know be on that level to like keep a conversation going like that like this is this these people are good like they're really they're really polished and I was uh I was a little bit you know I was a little like okay I gotta step up my game I gotta like have a cup of coffee before I do this thing because I you know she's good so you know uh you really are like oh thank you you sound like you've been doing this for 50 years. I was a radio DJ in college. Um, but uh, you know what, you know what the secret is? I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> that's, that seems to be the secret for everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, and, and I, I really do believe fake it till you make it, but on that same vein, like don't compare yourself to the Joneses because like yeah. everyone's showing their highlight reel. No one's, no one's showing the just woke up, like not wearing makeup, like, you know, non-Instagram influencer, you know, thing. I mean, if 2020 taught me one thing, it's nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yep. Uh, no one is capable of doing their job anymore. Uh, I don't know what happened, but everyone just stopped caring all at once. So like, I'm never going to look to somebody else and think that that person has their shit together and I don't because 
I've tried in vain. Everything I've tried this year has been thwarted by someone not doing their job or, or putting it off or forgetting about it. Or, you know, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been a year of, I mean, and, and, and that's just like the, the, you know, the way, the way we are right now. I mean, we all have, you know, we all sort of have COVID brain, but um, I'm, 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 you know, I, I hope that I will never be intimidated of anyone again, because nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And like, what's that, what's that saying? Like, if you can't dazzle with brilliance, baffle with bullshit, and uh, I think baffling people with bullshit is what um, I'm going to do from now on because <laughs> can't really dazzle with the brilliance all the yeah, time. Yeah, I like that. Before we move on to talking about success, because I love this portion and, and as we flow, um, do you, you because you did write a column about it, which I, of course, will link in my description when, we, when this, this, this sure. episode airs. But do you have advice for anyone who's like feels this all the time? Like, you know, what works for you or, or you know, do you have any advice for my listeners in, in regards to battling imposter syndrome? Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, I, 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 I think I do. Um, you know, I mean, the obvious is to like what we were just saying is like, don't compare yourself to other people because like you don't know what's going on with them. And you know, the, the, most likely they're a mess. But really, it's like I, I think um, your feelings and and like if you if you're listening to this podcast, if you know enough about imposter syndrome to listen to this podcast or to make it through an article about imposter syndrome, um, then you then you know what it is. So now you can identify it when you start feeling it. And your feelings are bullshit. Sometimes your feelings are are, you know, uh, your thoughts and feelings are sometimes lies that your body and brain are telling you. So, you know, um, if you know that you experience imposter syndrome, recognize that and measure it against the thought or feeling you're having. So like, if you're thinking that like, oh, I don't deserve to do this thing, stop yourself for a second, think, okay, this is imposter syndrome. And then sort of weigh the uh, the facts like sort of do like a jury trial and you know uh, the preponderance of evidence so give your show your evidence and you know see where you end up in that and um, you know I, I I think you know some, something else uh, and, and, and it, it's it's more of a more of a social um, element to it but I've noticed this like when I, when I'm in like uh, when I used to be in a say what I would what I would think is a fancy situation that I didn't belong in. I would look for the other sore thumb and I would call it the sore thumb rule. And if you find the other person who doesn't look like they belong there and be like, Hey, what's up? And, uh, <laughs> you know, you sort of like, you know, you, you, you find your, you know, you, you find your people that way. So, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 I really like, I, I, I look for the other awkward person cause they're always, they're always around, you know, we, yes. we, we, we can, we can smell each other. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and you're doing something for them too, because like when you, when you roll up on that other awkward person who's feeling weird in that situation and you're like, hey, what's up? They're like, now they're, you know, uh, chances are their sort of awkwardness about the situation or, you know, hesitancy to get involved in a conversation. Now that's broken down. Now you just knock down that wall. Now, now you're, you know, you're engaged and they're engaged and now you have a situation. Yes. Yes. I, I love that because, uh, you know, and it's funny cause it's now a pandemic, right? So like most things are virtual yeah. and, and one of my, my recent friends that I've made in this pandemic, um, I, I never, I, I, I was so vehemently not a military spouse. Like I was like, absolutely no way. Like I'm never going to join a spouse's club. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. 
lost my job, pandemic hit, my husband was deploying and I finally joined the Navy officer spouses club, um, NOSC for short. And I, so I paid my $21 and there was a zoom paint night event. And it's like, oh, we're all going to buy these paint by number kits. And then we're going to, we're going to drink wine and paint on zoom. And I realized that like, I have nothing in common with these people, except we went around the, we went around the zoom not the room, the Zoom, and introduced ourselves. And it was just, you know, varying spouses. And then they're all really lovely, nice people. But one of them heard me say, I'm from Denver. And, you know, and I've been in San Diego this amount of time. I used to live in Golden Hill, blah, blah, blah. I get a message from this girl. She goes, I just moved from Denver. And I'm like, oh shit, we already friends. Like, so, and then, and then, and then we're talking and then we started texting. We both have dogs the same age and all that. And the funniest part was the first text message I get from her goes, she goes, this is weird. And I'm like, this is really weird. And then we just like shut our microphones off and just like started texting each other and like, not like being mean, but we were kind of like commenting on, you know, what was going on in the chat. And and now we're really good friends. And, and I've, and I don't go to those events anymore. Cause I like, I've, I made my friend there. So I don't really need to like, you know, worry about it now. <laughs> I'm like, meh, like I made a friend. Cool. So well, you found, you yeah, you got to find your, you got to find your sore thumb. I think that's a great piece of advice. And, and I, and I agree with you um, in regards to, yeah, you don't compare yourself to others. It's, that's just, that's, that's just life 101 because everyone's on a different path. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, you don't, you don't know. And, and it's, it's always safe to assume that like, you just don't know what's going on at all with that. So I, I like that as well. And I, I think it's great advice. So let's move on to success. Cause I love this question because I feel like everyone defines it differently. You know, some people define it monetarily and other people define it, you know, based on the white picket fence and the point 2.5 kids or whatever. And that's not me at all. Child free for life. Um, nice, me too. No kids. <laughs> yeah. No kid crew. No kid crew. Yeah. Um, so what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Oh, man. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, success. Okay. So success to me, and I've been to a lot of therapists and they've never had any good advice from me, but um, uh, my wife's therapist uh, gave her a piece of advice um, that was, um, and it was just something very simple to distill. Um, she said, do more of the things you want to do and do fewer of the things you don't want to do. And um, that, that, that's the simplest, you know, uh, thing. I, that's the simplest thing I've ever heard, but that's sort of, that's how I view success. I, I, own, I want to just do the things I want to do and fewer of the obligation and things I don't want to do. So, you know, um, so that requires me to, you know, um, you know, sort of pitch myself and, and, you know, have a column and have, uh, have a book and sell books and, um, you know, uh, cook occasionally. And, you know, I wrote, uh, uh, yes. I, so the answer is yes, I do. Cause I'm doing a lot of the things I want to do right now. Um, like just this year, like this pandemic year or this weird year, I, um, I wrote essays for a, a fan book about the Sopranos that's coming out. Oh. And I wrote one about um, Italian American cooking is my favorite character on the Sopranos. <laughs> and like, I'm really fucking proud of this essay. Like I really, I'm really happy about this. And, uh, and then, you know, the, um, the author of the book was like, can you help me with the true crime part? And you know, I was like, yeah, of course. So I ended up doing all this mob research, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, super fun. And I interviewed, uh, 
you know, I, I interviewed a gangster and about um, sort of, you know, the ins and outs of, you know, the true crimes, like the real life version of the Sopranos crimes and how it works. And, you know, that was like the most fun, the most thing I want to do. I would have done it for free, but, um, but you know, you know, I didn't tell him that beforehand, but, uh, you know, and I was able to get that going. And, um, you know, the book is called Off the Back of the Truck, which I think is amazing. And uh, yeah, I got, to, I got to write a whole, I got to write chunks of that book. And it's, you know, uh, that feels like success. That feels like yeah. I, get, I get to do that, you know, um, and not like have to like, you know, punch a clock or something, you know, right. like, and that, right. that's, that's, that's um, you know, and, and like, all right, so you're, you're in San Diego. I'm going to be in PB the month of January and that's success. I'm going to see the sunset. Oh my gosh. Pacific beach. You know, it's just like, you know, we're, we're going to stay in a condo. Like uh, we did it last year. Like, and that's like, you know, and it's not like some baller condo. It's like some regular place, but yeah. you know, the fact that we're, you know, that, that, you know, we're work from home writers. Um, it feels success. It feels like success to, you know, uh, be able to do that, be able to take yeah. a month, go out to California, get out of this miserable cold city in January. And, uh, my tiny apartment I have this, yeah you know I live in like a matchbox apartment so <laughs> it's 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 feels a lot better to go you know to do it from there and um you know and, and eat like actual good tacos so yes yes oh I have so many suggestions you're gonna like get hit with like a laundry list I've lived here two years but I will tell you best fish tacos to my listeners if you're ever in San Diego you have to go to Ocean Beach and you have to go to Mike's Fish Tacos Mike's- it's on the strip it is or Mike's Taco Club. Mike's Taco Club. Okay. I can't even believe I butchered it. The best. And the best one is a trifecta. And then um, you know, that's that's I just I, I'm a huge ocean beach fan because it's okay. kind of like Boulder, Colorado meets San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, kind, it's, it's crunchy, like it's the... weird. And it's right next to PB. Yeah. Um PB Mission Beach. Yeah, like um, all that. Mm-hmm. yeah and I love that. Yeah, I will I'm, yeah. Go ahead. I'm big, I'm big on the, the surf taco. Nice. Um, in, in PB, that place is a, uh, yeah, it's got all these like old, you know, uh, it's got these old boards and like it's just this funky, weird place. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, but I'm, I'm definitely trying uh, Mike's Taco Club. Yeah. I'm going to hit that up day one. OB, <laughs> hitting that up. Yeah. Um, just bring just a lot of PPE because Pacific Beach is our redheaded stepchild right now of, of just uh, the worst. It? Well, the second that we reopened stuff, um, bars down there were like, screw the regulations, boom, like a bunch of them got closed permanently. Um, yeah. But just just be careful. <laughs> but now there's a lot of stuff in place because right now we're purple tier. So we are restricted. And now we're in, a, there's a there's a curfew right now because um, we're right now yeah. it's November when we're speaking. So um, there's a curfew right now. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know what it's going to look like in January, but just, you know, be safe just not yeah. mindful and and just watch the the fuckery from your balcony of your condo because you know pb is just yeah. sometimes i'm like <laughs> like pb is like our our but but they you know i do like i go to pb but it's it's definitely a different scene for me because i'm like i'm too i'm i'm not single and right. i'm old now in comparison to these people <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I, I do, I do think PB is beautiful though. So just it is, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That's definitely, it is like a frat party and, uh, you know, that's, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, 
I'm gonna crush some tacos and just <laughs> all, all I care about is the sunset and like walk yes. on the boardwalk and yes. uh, you know some stuff like that. Maybe it's gonna be great. Things. You're gonna it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I like that you're saying like you know as you've because you because you you can't get to a place where you get to do things that you like without having to do things you dislike for as long as you've had to do them. And that is something that I think people forget is that like, you kind of have to go through the crap to really figure out what you've taken for granted or what really drives you or whatever. And so for me, like, had I not, um, had I not gotten laid off, like I wouldn't have figured out kind of the real things I want to do in my future career or like the more philanthropist side of things I want to do or, or the more heartfelt heart led stuff. So it's, it's, it's nice because I wake up every day and I'm like, cool, I get to talk to people all around the world right now. That's awesome. And I don't have to clock in anywhere. And that's great. I have to leave my house. If I don't want to, I can lay in my bed all day and work for my bed. If I want, like, no, like I have nowhere to be. (laughs) <laughs> no one's holding a gun to my head if my podcast doesn't come out like that's a great, that's, that's a great you know isn't that a great feeling? yeah like if, it is it's nice know, like no one's gonna yeah like like lives will not be lost if my you know if my column's a day late you know um, yeah. it's you know if one of my recipes doesn't work out for someone they don't like it that much like it's not gonna be the end of the world you know but yes. they will like my recipes because they're, they're fucking awesome you know and they should so <laughs> you know yeah i love it so i think we've strongly touched on imposter syndrome and success and failures and all of that. So I love to move on to the things that really drive my guests, which is things that we are fanatical about and why. Um, I currently, gosh, I think I've been repeating the same things over and over and over again. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Currently, you know what? Currently I'm fanatical about the fact that I have been doing a lot of self-care for myself and working really hard on my mental health and stuff. And, and, you know, I'm proud of me for that. So, you know what? I'm fanatical about the fact that I am putting in the work to be the best version of me right now and really being mindful of my boundaries and being mindful of the the care and all the things I need to do. And, and old me would burn out all the time because I would just be like, I would say yes to everything because I didn't want to miss out on anything. And I would, I would basically stretch myself so thin that I I would make myself sick basically, because I would just be so stressed out all the time. And this year has really taught me that there's, it's okay to press pause and just focus on your mental health. And that's okay to really just kind of work on yourself and have self-care and really practice that work-life balance if that makes sense so i'm fanatical yeah, about that right now i mean i think that's that's what you're saying right there what you're fanatical about goes right back to success like being mm-hmm. able to pause or being able to say no nah, i'm not going to do that or just you know uh, not want to do something and just turn it down and just and do it do what you you know truly want i mean that's 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 fantastic and you know uh i i, I feel like as if uh you know um in order to be more successful, I would have to maybe, you know, sort of slow down sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I, I do feel like I've, I'm burning myself out a bit this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with, even with just um, something like just, just emails, just emails from strangers and, you know, sort of friends who are like, well, you know, like who've never experienced any anxiety issues and are feeling, you know, sort of insecure because of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the restrictions and the lockdown or the, you know, the, 
you know, worried about whatever, you know, worries that they're having. And, 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 you know, I got, you know, I don't know, man, I'm chasing people around with like yoga nidra meditations and, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's getting a little goofy for me right now. You know, it's like checking in on people all the time and, uh, you know, and it's like, and I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm like, I am, I am like, I wish, you know what, I wish I could be more fanatical about what you're fanatical about right now. <laughs> about uh, about self-care I've, I, I've done that other years I've I've been very like there, there, there was a year where I just I, I I practiced yoga every day and did miles at the gym and I ate really really cleanly and I lost you know I lost 40 pounds that year and I felt I felt uh you know um, better and better anxiety wise and you know i was sleeping better and i was feeling healthier and right now i'm i'm, I'm sort of you know not uh necessarily doing that uh so the, what, what i've been fanatical about is uh, uh sitting on a couch and watching movies and um you know sort of ordering food um i had a, i had a surgery this summer i had an abdominal surgery so it like took me out of the exercise game since uh, June 25th. So like, I haven't been able to, you know, uh, do much. Like I haven't been able to lift more than 10 pounds since, you know, June 5th. So I, I'm fanatical about streaming television right now. Yes. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> as soon as like, you know, um, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock hits, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm throwing on like the worst horror movie that I can find and just, you know, uh, sort of, or 90s thrillers. I've, I've, uh, I've become uh, really, uh, really obsessed with 90s thrillers. Um, mm -hmm. They're not necessarily great. Like I'm watching Albino Alligator. I'm like in the middle of it um, now, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it's something. And uh, it's sort of, uh, I haven't gone to the comfort film thing. I've gotten involved. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've went right to horror and thrillers. So yeah. that's my, that's, that, that, that's, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, with, with uh, just, I'm, I'm a little bit slothful and I guess I could say that that's self-care because I'm being judgmental. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm being unkind to myself right there, but um, I am. Yeah. Like, I just like, I keep thinking about having a donut <laughs> and I just had a cannoli not long, not long before this call. Um, so yeah, it's been like, it's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm using the, the healing from surgery excuse and uh, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, maybe a little lazy. So I guess I'm fanatical about laziness right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. Like, here's the thing. There's no rules in 2020. That's another thing. There's no uh, rules. No one knows what they're doing. There's no rules. And there's nothing that says like that that's not, you know, what you need to be doing right now. I mean, it, I think it's great. I personally, for me, like anxiety equals I'm not eating very much. So I've lost a lot of weight okay. and, and I'm like, oh, like, this is what happens when we, when we forget to eat, like, uh-oh, like, like I need to be, so I'm trying to like train myself to be a lot more health conscious, but that's hard to do because I have ADHD and I take medication that takes away my appetite. And thus I what forget that? food is great. And I love food, <laughs> but cooking for one is just so boring. And I am like, oh, oh God, and I would much rather just sit and watch TV and like, order something I can cook great but like order something so but I, I you know I'm so I'm trying to like train my retrain my brain to be like hey remember that three meal a day thing we should probably do that <laughs> right yeah that's that's a that's a that's a tough one maybe uh 
if you did something that's like super delicious and nutrient dense, if you're not going to yeah. get three, three meals, maybe two, you know, of something like that, uh, you know, that could be a, that could be a workaround. Yeah. And then I saw that you said that something that you're really, really fanatical about is, is metal, the genre of metal. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm like, I'm like a 13 year old boy. I love metal. I love eighties metal. I love modern metal. Um, you know, like the, one of the things that bummed me out most this year is that I couldn't go to Psycho Las Vegas, which is, a, oh. yeah, it's a big metal weekend. And, um, you know, King Diamond was playing and Danzig was playing and, you know, Mayhem and like all these bands from around the world. And it's, it's just like metal soup in the pool at the, uh, where is it? At the, I don't even know, the Mirage, one of these places. It, it, it was at the Hard Rock and then they moved, they moved it. And it's like the pool is just like, you know, a bunch of bunch of dirtbag metalheads from around the world just uh, in the pool watching a band play, and it's just it's just great. And uh, you know, so yeah, I'm fanatical about metal, and it's also hilarious. Uh, you know, like it's I'm unironically in love with um, the music, but there's also like, you know, sort of like a a, a beavis and butthead um, element to it, where like you know, I'll watch some of these videos, and I'm like, all right, these guys are dressed up like vikings with <laughs> corpse paint in the woods and they're they're serious about this and this is you know this is one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen and then you know the song is about you know uh, how they're still mad about the christian missionaries coming to you know norway in the year 1000 so you know it's it's a uh, it's absurd i love absurd things uh, i love professional wrestling uh, you know i i i i like over the top absurdity sort of um you know it's that that the the element of uh drag performers like the real yes. the real brilliant biting comedy mm-hmm. um metal and professional wrestling they have that same um comedic sensibility but i don't know if it's as, it, if it's intentional and i right. love that i right. love that yeah and that, <laughs> You know, it's just, you know, I think, I, I think what, uh, yeah, what I had said to you was like, it, it's, it's these amazing musicians who take all that talent and just want to sing about witches and Satan. And I'm just <laughs> like, you, you know, you have all the talent in the world. You could do anything you want with it. And it's like, what do you want to do? I want to rock and I want to sing about witches and Satan. And it's <laughs> just, just it. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I too love things that are unironically funny, like Guy Fieri. Like I find Guy Fieri like the funniest fucking person on the planet to me. I don't know why. I think it's because I, I think it's because he's a joke of a person, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's done some great things. He's done some great things for sure. California's um, California's small businesses um, and restaurants and stuff. But I actually got cast on to a Guy Fieri show, and I turned it down because I could not look that man in the face and not laugh. I did too. I turned it down too. That's awesome. I, you, I, I got I, guy's big project. Oh, mine was the uh, the grocery games. You would have been so good at that. I feel like, but also yeah, you would have to like deal with him. Yeah, they, they, you know what? You know what the, the stumbling block was um, the the cooking with meat. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, you know, I, I I'm vegetarian, and I I was like, no, I'm I'm not, and i'm not gonna cook with meat and uh that was the stumbling block but uh you know like but yeah i would have been like i don't know i mean you know i i i kind of like i thought he was okay i i I was a hater like 10 years ago i was i was a straight up guy fieri hater 
but um you know i kind of like begrudgingly love him now yeah uh, yeah and even in like the bourdain fieri feud i started to like you know switch to like i'm like is guy fieri getting bullied <laughs> and, and i think he might have been and then i'm like the guy's out there cooking for you know the wildfires he's out there cooking for yeah family. that's the thing it's like yeah. and i'm like i kind of love this dude yeah yeah, so um, I'm a huge, huge stan of Guy Fieri because of the charitable work he's done. And uh, yeah. he was able to poke fun at himself. He finally got the memo. If I make fun of myself, people will stop making fun of me and then they'll be cool and they'll have more fan and fandom. Um, and so my, my dog's name is Bourdain. Yeah. And I plan to get another Cavalier and name it Fieri in nice. red and white, right? And my husband and I have had these names picked out for dogs, like since we started dating. And um, when Bourdain, uh, Anthony Bourdain passed away so suddenly and mental health, and that became a topic of conversation. I mean, it really, Cation Confidential, it was a book that really changed my life. Um, so I, for me, took it very hard, but I had already had that name picked out before the suicide. So, oh, wow. so people are like, People are like, oh, like after Anthony Bourdain, I'm like, yes. Um, but my, my dog is, he's obsessed with food. So it's pretty fitting. Um, but in terms of, of, of Guy Fieri and, and stuff, it's just, I feel like he, he definitely um, has taken, you know, kind of ran with <laughs> and taken and taken it in stride now. And, and so, yeah, so like, I, I, I'm such a, I don't know, comically a fan. And I'm going to tell you the story because I think you get a kick out of it. Sure. So I, I dress, my husband and I, when we first started dating, our Halloween costume, our first year was a couple's costume where he was a hot dog and I was Guy Fieri. Cause that would be, that was funny. Right. So I was like, that's hilarious. We're going to sure. do it. And then this year he's gone. Right. And he's deployed. So I'm, I'm trying to think of things that I can do that will like make his day. So I repurchase a Guy Fieri costume. Like I had most of the pieces, but I, I got made sure I had everything and, you know, drew on that goatee and stuff. And I send him an email. I take photos of, and Bourdain's in a hot dog costume. So I, I so I take photos, right. And with my ring light, I'm taking them on myself on a timer. And, and I'm just like, and they're so ridiculous. Like they're so funny to me. And I'm like, I'm cracking up. Like I FaceTime my friends as Guy Fieri and I'm like Flavortown. And, and everyone's like, this is so funny. I send an email to my husband and I said, the following photos are not safe for work. That's my subject line. Right. And it's just me as Guy Fieri, but he <laughs> has a very slow internet connection because they're on the ship in the middle of the ocean, God knows where. And he's like, I kicked everyone out of my, I get a phone call. He's like, I kicked everyone out of my room, like my area, because I thought you were sending me nudes. And then it's like, you in a fucking Guy Fieri costume. And he was like, it is so funny though. And I, and he's just like, you know, you're my soulmate. You're my wife because like only you would find that funny. And I, I find it, I, I think about it and I laugh, like just the whole like thought process. And I'm like, I'm like, gosh, you know, that's <laughs> rad. Up, right. Like, that's I just, like, it's too funny. It's too funny. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I get fanatical about stupid things like that too. And I'm, I'm super into drag culture as well. So I kind of, I, I do believe wrestling is like the straight man's yeah. drag. Straight camp. It's yeah. Guy Fieri straight camp. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, um, it's a thing, you know? Yeah. So let's move on to unpopular opinions. I always say as long as your popular opinion doesn't hurt other people, we're good to go, AKA not racist, hurtful or diminishing. So I always use the example that I don't like cantaloupe, but I really need to get another unpopular opinion. But anyway, 
go for it. But like, who, who who likes cantaloupe? Like, are there people out there that <laughs> like psyched up? You know what? I don't like the uh, the honeydew either. When when you get they're, that, like, uh, you know the. the yeah, it's like the three melon uh, uh, salad, and you're just like, what is what is this shit? You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's two garbage melons and watermelon. You know, it's just like they're <laughs> they're saving money with the with the crap melons. You know, the orange and the green, throw those away. Um, I, my uh, unpopular opinions. I mean, I I, I think everything I, I I probably say is unpopular, but um, you know, uh, you know, just in terms of like in in terms of cooking, like if I'm at somebody's house, and um, you know, and and, and they're doing this whole uh, thing about you know, telling me a story about this great meal they had in some little restaurant in Tuscany, and then they uh, they try to recreate it by making their own homemade pasta. It it makes me like I, I just want to like I I, I want to leave as soon as I hear that some some someone's making homemade pasta. And like, if you're a professional and you do this all the time, or if like you know you're my Italian grandma, then that's fine. But like, if you're just like some regular person who does it once in a while and breaks out the pasta maker and it's all dusty like that is going to be a guaranteed garbage meal that now i have to pretend to like so now you're putting me in a situation where i have to lie if you make if you make homemade pasta you're turning me into a liar because i have to say it's good you know because you invited me over and made it but um it's not it's going to be mushy <laughs> in some places and then like hard in other places and it's going to be torture. And like, I feel guilty about lying. Like I went to Catholic school and, um, you know, I'm, uh, I, I believed all that. So I have this type of guilt where I, you know, lying just doesn't suit me. And I have to lie to somebody about their awful meal. So, yeah, and I got to take pasta seriously. And, and, you know, when someone does that to me, it's just, you know, it makes me reevaluate where our friendship is. Uh, you know, I, I, I crack up at that because um, my husband was stationed in Naples at one oh, point and then he had a pasta maker and I was like, when do you ever use that? And he was like, oh, I haven't used it in a while. I was like, when was a while ago? Because there was like still flour stuck inside of it. And this is what we were dating. And then we ended up just tossing it. I was like, we're never going to use this. Like, like we're just going to boil pasta we buy at the store. Like, that, and that's fine. Like, but it's, it's always whatever. good. It's you better. Boil, yeah, it's, it's always good. It's all, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not going to like, yeah, it's not gonna, you know, just start disintegrating on you like uh, people tell me pasta does. It's really, it's an atrocity. Sometimes. Yeah, it really, it's it's just a mush. Yeah, can't do it. You know, just uh, yeah, and unpopular. God, just unpopular opinion. Like like about music, I have like a million unpopular opinions about like culture. Uh, like like a big one. Um, you know that um, my wife and I talk about all the time is uh, Paris Hilton being the most uh, the most important American of the century of the, the, the what are we the 21st century is um, i mean she she changed the entire culture uh-huh, you know uh-huh. pre-reality culture you know pre-paris hilton you had to you, well generally you had to do something well to be famous mm-hmm. and post paris hilton you had to take nice pictures and do something slightly controversial and I think that like really influenced a lot of people because I think a lot of people said, you know how like when um, when Nirvana came out, um, it was sort of like, or like the Ramones or something, um, you know, kids all around the world were like, I can play three chords so I can be in a band. And I think, you know, sort of Paris Hilton's ascendancy, people see her and they're like, well, you know, I can say, I could do something obnoxious and take a cute picture and and then we have Instagram. 
Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that's the uh, that's the that's the driver of the culture. I think, right? And uh, you know, you know, we have now we have Donald Trump as, as, as the well outgoing president, but yeah. you know, that's that's part of Paris Hilton. If Paris Hilton didn't exist, Trump would have never been president. You know, can, I, I can't disagree. I can't, can I can't, her. I can't, I, I, I feel like it's almost like she is almost like what the 21st century's, um, what was it in the eighties or in the late, late eighties and the nineties, it was six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yes. She's like the six degrees from Paris Hilton. Right. Cause you get uh, Kardashian yeah, from her, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Assistant, you know, it's, it's every, everybody, everything flows through Paris Hilton. She really is the, yeah. She's like sort of the post millennium force of nature oh yeah you know, like everything pre-millennium was, was was something different and it just became hiltonized and yeah i feel like when I, I feel like after biden we're never gonna have a boring president again yeah. and i feel like they're all gonna sort of be like reality it's gonna be a reality show i think this was a reaction to you know the hilton hiltoning came to a little too quickly in politics and i think kim kardashian is going to be the president one day I really do. I, I think she's going to be a lawyer. She's going to get she's going to get people out of prison. She, and, she's doing that. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians if nothing else is on and I'm just I need background noise for whatever I'm doing. If I'm cleaning or whatever, I'll turn it on. And I have no idea anything about them or what they do or whatever. But I will say she is the most evolved of all of them. Yeah, Chloe, too. But definitely Kim. Like she's not just sitting back she's doing something she's making moves i'm telling you she's going to be the president one day um in um, how she, she's 40 now i guess she's around 40 right now so in 15 years something like that 16 years yeah she'll be president yeah i'm comp- full, fully confident and or, or or someone's vp it, you know it'll it, 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 that's just you know that's the world we live in now you know yeah, and, uh, and MTV Cribs is the other part of that post-millennium. You know, I think that that the um, the the world changed. Like everybody used to have a normal size house and a regular car, and then <laughs> MTV Cribs came along, and like the same people you worked with that made the same money as you, all of a sudden had you know you know uh, forty-five hundred square foot houses and Hummers, and you're like, how are you doing this? And then the financial crisis happened. Yep. and uh you're like oh okay that's how and um you know i i feel like that's that, that you can't have one without the other so i think yeah hilton and hilton and cribs mtv cribs uh and, and paris just they gave us what we have now <laughs> yep yep then a lot of keeping up with the joneses i remember you watching mtv cribs and being like wow i'll never have that and guess what i'm 31 and i own a home and i don't have a pool within a pool so you know what right. you know I, I at least i knew that was never gonna happen so <laughs> see, i like that i see that's that's the thing you know i i think that that's you know sort of uh the the expectation of that like some people are just like they expect like you know um I, I i did a thing um i used to work at a at a at a soup kitchen two days a week uh, i volunteered mm-hmm. and um so i would cook and culinary students would come in and they'd be you know just just very young very young culinary students different, totally different generation than me and um you know so they would uh they would just talk about um cooking shows all the time like why aren't you on this one why aren't you on this one i'm like ah you know that's not what i'm doing right now and uh it was it was just such a 
such a strange expectation because I was like, well, what do you want? What do you, you know, like what type of work you, you know, like if you have any questions, I've done this, 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 and all of them just wanted to be famous. Yep. It wasn't like they wanted to be particularly, you know, uh, great at any one area, you know, like when I, when I was in culinary school, I was like, I want to be the best vegetarian chef in the world. And then I worked for the best vegetarian chef in the world. And I was like, she's amazing. I'll never be anywhere near this good. So I got to start writing about this stuff instead of really doing this stuff because she's really good. But these kids, they, you know, they would just like, why aren't you on TV? And now finally, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be with, I'm going to be with Lydia. <laughs> uh, next month, uh, it's like uh, Lydia, Lydia salutes America, Lydia, Lydia something America. And I'm going to be on it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was fun. That was weird and fun. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, no, that is kind of where, unfortunately, as, as, as we're more technology driven and people are being born with technology and never had to not have it and all of that. Um, there's a pull for authenticity these days, but there's also, um, so my, 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 one of my really good friends, Sarah, she's a librarian in the Syracuse school district, um, for an elementary school in, in Syracuse. And she asks her students every year, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she was floored the first year she was ever a librarian. Cause she never expected to be a children's librarian, like ever. Right. She wanted to, she wanted to be an archivist. And, um, that's why she got her master's in library sciences. But she asks these kids this and they go, well, YouTube star, TikTok, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she's like, uh, okay. And, and that's what they see now. It's not, it's not MTV Cribs anymore. It's, it's PewDiePie or whoever the hell and all this other crap. And, you know, kids these days watch videos of other kids unboxing things. It's just, it's wild. Like, yeah. this is a weird, we're in, we're living in weird times. The future is going to be bizarre. We're going to have very interesting presidencies because we're going to suddenly, you know, someday someone's going to be a president that has had Facebook since their infancy. Like, <sighs> creepy. Like, this is all going to be creepy. <laughs> I'm so happy to be, I'm so happy to be 44 right now because I, I, I don't want to be of a world where I'm watching a kid unbox something or like, do a dance you know just like or and the kid and then you have the kid and the mom dancing and just ugh, you know just you know, I, I'm, I'm i'm grouchy about these things and i'm really uh i'm really happy that uh i have the corporate entertainment yes <laughs> yes yes i was sad yeah so what's currently making you happy in the world i know that's you know pandemic and there's a lot to count blessings for but yeah what's currently making you happy uh my roof my roof is making me happy mm -hmm. uh it's 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 been throughout this pandemic. It's been my one. Uh, it's, it's been my one sort of uh, my one true love. I go up there with a you know a cup of tea and a book, um, and it's a, it's a, we have a nice roof deck on my building, and uh, I have a tiny apartment. And you know my wife and I are both working from home, and uh, it's just nice to go up on the roof and sort of you know just look at the city um, and you know be outside but not be you know sort of entangled with people <laughs> so we can just be up there with our neighbors and uh you know it's just it, it's been really it's been sort of like i don't want to say like an oasis but i can't think of a better term and uh it's been you know that that's been something that's been really been making me you know that's been making me happy and um what's making me happy in the world i mean like uh you know i i, I was legitimately happy 
when uh, when you know, when uh, the when Trump was ousted, you know, that made me uh, that made me happy. Yeah, um, that was nice. Um, I just you know I don't expect the world, but I just you know expect things to be less. Uh, I feel like the bullies. It's not necessarily the bullies, but it's like the people who were very happy by his presidency. And I'm not even like being political about this. I'm just just talking about um, personality types. The people who were really psyched about the Trump presidency were the same people who sort of egged on the bully, not the bully itself, mm-hmm. but the kids who be, like, you know, tried to be cool with the bully and egg them on. And I don't want to see those people succeed and be happy. So, <laughs> so if their guy yeah. loses, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that that did make me feel happy. It made me feel a lot of um, it was it was nice because I was able to go and um, you know, amidst a pandemic, especially right before we purple tiered and shut down, I met up with my friend Rick, who works for the LGBT Center of San Diego, uh, an organization I'm very passionate about as an ally, and um, you know, I, I try to volunteer with them when I can. I there's a there's a huge uh, there's a huge flag. It's the it's the Hillcrest flag. Um, and it's rainbow and there's all sorts of different LGBTQIA plus, um, colors on it. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, so there's, you basically, I got dropped off at the flagpole. That's where I met him. Um, sounds like a, a sexual innuendo, yeah. but that's where I met him. And, uh, and, and we watched, we just people watched and I just, the, the mood was electric. The crowd was, you know, I just, it was almost like we all breathed a collective sigh of relief. Um, yeah. and, and, and I will say that I will until the day I die, I will never forget that for as long as I live, just that feeling of, okay, like it's, it's a step of where we need to go. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day and we're not going to undo this in a day, right. but, but it, anything is better than four more years of this. Yeah. It's just the cruelty. I mean, we, and I, I just like the, the cruel sort of, uh, you know, even to myself, it, it makes me turn into a, a, a person who, you know, um, becomes very anti- Trump support or you know things like that so I you know it, it's it's it, I'd like to just get back to being you know bored and mildly annoyed with the president yes um, and not you know waking up like I can't believe this is happening yep I agree with you so we are nearing the end of this awesome conversation I, and I love to give my guests um, the ability to promote whatever they would like um, so take it away what do you want to promote oh geez okay so um I wrote a cookbook called Toss Your Own Salad, um, and you can get that anywhere. Um, but if you want to get it at my Etsy, just Google Toss Your Own Salad plus Etsy, and uh, you can buy it from me. I'll sign it. Oh, whatever the hell you want. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I have um, a column at healthcentral.com, and it's called Panic in the Streets. And every month I write about um, an anxiety-related issue, mostly first-person but some of it's reported and some of it, you know, I speak to experts and other times uh, I, uh, I play the role of the expert and, uh, you know, do that. And two books that I'm, I contributed to are out. Um, one is called Video Palace uh, in Search of the Eyeless Man. And that's a, that's a horror um, uh, anthology book. And uh, my wife and I did a story in there called The Satanic Schoolgirls. And the other thing is uh, off the back of a truck, the Sopranos book. And I did a bunch of true crime and um, food writing in that. And there's a recipe for spaghetti with 
bacon and eggs, although I'm vegetarian. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, as always, to my listeners, I put all of those in the links in the description so you can get in touch with Eddie. Um, you know, ask him advice, which I'm sure he's already overwhelmed with. But um, you know, if you liked this, connect with him. Definitely go buy the books, read them. I know myself personally, I'm probably about to just go on a deep dive on all these things because I do do my research before I have my guests. But I also usually become quite obsessed with my guests afterwards, and I'm like, you're my friend now. You're stuck with me. Awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Eddie, thank you so much for taking the time, um, you know, on the East coast. I know it's, it's pretty, it's pretty late, but you know, taking the time to speak with me and to my listeners and share your knowledge and your insight. And, and I, I really have appreciated it. And I hope that you have a lovely, cause this is the week of Thanksgiving for my listeners, you know, whenever this comes out, um, yeah. I hope you have a lovely holiday and that you're safe and well, and we will speak soon. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.